find kind of your story and to base the things that you make off of that. Welcome to the Passion Behind the Art Show. It's all about diving in with individuals to learn the story behind their passion. It's your host, Daryl Pinnock. So I have a couple things to share before we get in this week's episode. This year, I will be podcasting live at Creative South. Creative South is a big deal to me. It's a special place for me, and I'm honored to be able to podcast live at Creative South. Also, I've teamed up with Cotton Bureau and to do a shirt for the podcast, Passion Behind the Art t-shirt. So this is a way that you can support the podcast to keep it going. Um, I would really appreciate if you would be able to pick up a shirt. So go to dpcreates.com to pick up a Passion Behind the Art t-shirt. Now let's jump into this week's episode. Well, I am excited to have Annie Dickinson on the Passion Beyond Art Show, a great musician, violinist, and so much to share, so much to offer. Annie, welcome. Hi. Happy to be here. Awesome, awesome. So let's get started. How did you get into music? What age? Well, when I was younger... Of course, both of my parents are musicians. Mm. So my dad is a music teacher, and he mainly focuses on choral stuff. And my mom is a very good harp player. So I had that kind of surrounding me as I was growing up, um, which was very good. It built a basis of a very nice musical foundation. Awesome. So I started piano lessons really young, and I started violin lessons really young, and I was singing for a while. But the first time I think I really fell in love with music was um, I live in Hershey, Pennsylvania, which is I'm very fortunate to live by the Hershey Symphony. And when I was five, um, my grandparents gave me tickets to go and hear the Hershey Symphony's Christmas concert. Mm. And I remember I just I fell in love with it. I was sitting up in the balcony just watching the players, watching the conductors, listening to the music, just watching it all. And I just absolutely loved it. And I thought, this is something I want to continue to do. And so... That's kind of when I, I fell in love with music. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. So um, you found this love for music, right? And that's, I know mm -hmm. you said you played piano, but I know most of your stuff you share now is violin. Like, how did you make, when did you know that, okay, violin was going to be my main thing? <laughs> it's a funny story, actually. I started off with the piano. Um, I think I played from about first grade to about fourth grade when it was discovered that I had pretty much been learning the piano by ear. Um, my teachers thought I could read the notes. I couldn't read the <laughs> notes. I was just listening to what they were playing and playing it back so perfectly that um, it got they, didn't, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't figure out I couldn't read the notes. So then I started violin to learn how to read the notes and piano oh. kind of faded away after that. Okay. That's interesting. I've never heard someone doing that. So you learned violin <laughs> that you'd be able to read the notes. Okay. Yeah. And then eventually falling in love with violin. Yeah. Cool. I really love the violin. Okay. So when someone hears your music, what are you trying to get them to experience? When someone hears my music, I want them to feel something familiar. Mm. Um I want them to feel comfortable, and I want them to feel familiar with what they're listening to. Um, most of the music that I write, I write for myself, because, um, well, 
with synesthesia and all, I like to um, create music that creates cool colors and patterns in space for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and when when people listen to my music, I want them to get that sense of cool and like, oh, this is um, something that is it's just very colorful. Okay. Colorful. That's okay. a good word. Okay. So after you introducing yourself to me, I checked out your TEDx talk, and I was like, whoa, that's a big deal. So let's <laughs> let's talk a little bit about your te- TEDx talk. Share All a little right. bit. Um, well, TEDx is really cool. I have been a fan of the entire TED entity for a really long time. And after I found out about Synesthesia and I released my album, um, someone sent me a link. They, they saw that TEDx Lancaster was happening and they said, wow, Annie, you should, you should go and apply to be a speaker. I think it would be really cool to hear about Synesthesia and some of the things that you're doing. And at the time, I was like, oh, no, who's going to want to listen to that? But um, I kind of got talked into it. And once once the people kind of heard my idea, it was just like, wow, I can, I have a cool idea that can be spread. And that's just, that's really cool to me. I like being able to spread ideas, especially synesthesia, which a lot of people aren't able to um, personally, they haven't personally experienced. So it's it was really important to me to get to... Um, talk about that in a way that they could hear from someone who knows about it from personal experience. So what is synesthesia for those who don't know? Synesthesia is a neurological condition where two or more senses of the brain are crossed. Mm. Um, In my case, it's my auditory sense and my visual sense, which means that whenever I hear a sound, I also physically see a color in the air or in space and vice versa. That is amazing. It's pretty cool. It makes music very interesting. Wow, that I've, that is crazy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as I'm listening to your voice over the um, the video thing, I I kind of hear like this red, this um, well, what's the right color shade? Like a a, a dark red. Kind of like a, you know, a gala apple in the, in the springtime? Yes, You yes. just, like, pick it off a tree. That's that's the color red. That's what color red. Wow, I, so now I know what color my voice gives off. That is crazy. <laughs> According to me, if you talk to another synesthete, it, it might be different. Also, it varies. As it per does. Person. It varies from um, person to person with synesthesia. Wow. Wow, you kind of blew me away with that, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's very interesting to me. So how has that benefited you as a musician? Well, I think the most clear beneficial thing is that it also kind of gives me absolute pitch because mm. I can hear a note and be like, oh, this is red, therefore it's C. And it kind of doubles as an absolute pitch, which is very helpful as a musician, especially in a choral setting, as I also sing. Extremely um, helpful. Yeah, it's extremely helpful. Um, <laughs> wow, that is amazing. So that's one benefit to it. Another one is when I'm writing music or trying to produce music and my own stuff, I can write and um, I'll be listening back and be like, you know what, this is missing some green. And then I'll just add a sound that kind of creates green, which is what it's missing. And then I listen back and it sounds a little better, more full, colorful. This is amazing. 
I'm a little bit in awe right now. I've never. <laughs> okay, so what would you say was the the hardest part of your career, or even just trying to build your your musical journey? I'd say definitely the hardest part was <laughs> was me actually coming to terms with the fact that other people didn't see colors floating in the air when they listened to sounds. That was definitely an awakening for me. I remember um, I didn't actually find out that it wasn't the way most people perceive the world until I was a freshman in high school, which was only two years ago. Um, wow. Yeah, I don't know how I went that long without figuring out it. But um, anyways, I was doing a singing test for my choir teacher, and she asked me kind of halfway through what, what color I thought my voice was. And... I answered purple because, like, that's what it is for me. And she's like, purple? What do you mean purple? She was talking about tone color instead of actual right. color. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was kind of funny. And that's when I kind of thought, oh, hmm, maybe something's up here. So I did some Googling, did some talking to some doctors, and uh, here we are. Synesthesia. <laughs> took wow. a while for me to kind of come to terms with that. That's, that's probably the hardest part. Okay. That's amazing. So... Who would you say you kind of helped you through this journey that helped that that's your support system? Who would you say that those people are or that person is? Well, I've been very fortunate to have a bunch. Definitely my parents. They've mm. been so supportive about music because they are musicians and um, they also have the task of parenting me and synesthesia. <laughs> so they were very, very good with that. Um, I guess the... My orchestra teacher has also been very great. She um, she was going to actually come to see my TEDx talk. But, um, yeah, so that's been fun. She also asked me to arrange one of my pieces for the string orchestra, which is very cool. So um, there's been lots of opportunities given to me by some people who have just been really great in accepting synesthesia and um, providing some opportunities from it. Okay, okay. It's been very fun. So... I mean, I, it sounds like something awesome, and it sounds like this amazing thing to me, especially when you start talking about absolute pitch, because I have some musical experience, and when you say someone has absolute <laughs> pitch, that's a big deal. <laughs> so, like, was, was there any, like, other from knowing that not everyone sees color, was there any downside to having this? I'm I'm not sure what you would even call it, but having synesthesia. Um, any downsides to synesthesia? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, <laughs> the biggest one I can think of is um, there's some everyday things that just get kind of really annoying for like like mm -hmm. I'll, I'll be sitting in class, I'll be sitting in a math class, say, um, and someone in front of me will be tapping their pencil on the table just out of nervous habit. Everyone does it. Um, for most people, I guess they kind of just hear that and are kind of annoyed. Not only do I hear it, but I can also see it, like little mm -hmm. orange taps, little dots in the air that don't go away. And it, yeah. <laughs> so so that means like even how the sound is moving, you're seeing it pulsing, the color yeah. pulsing. Can be quite distracting. I I bet. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, what would you? What's next? What do are you planning to do? What are you planning? How are you planning to use this ability that you have to enhance your musical ability, or just use it to your benefit? Well, 
I was really happy with the first synesthesia project that I did with the album. I was pleasantly surprised with the um, positive response that it got and how people were very interested in synesthesia and wanted to learn more about it. Um, I'd say next, I, I'm looking to create some music that isn't based off of solely synesthesia. Um, like my last album, that definitely was it. All of the songs had a color. That was what formed the album, basically. I think it would be really cool to kind of just take the colors and write songs that maybe more people can relate to rather than a synesthesia, which is kind of specific to not many people. (laughs) Okay, okay. So, so after you've um, made this album, like when did the album come out? I released the album actually I think right after I started in my sophomore year so it's been about a year okay. it's been about a year okay, I, have to check. I have to check this out I'm just so fascinated with this and like do you is there a number of how many people have this ability or synesthesia the estimated percentage is I think 4% of the population okay okay there's actually many different types of synesthesia other than just sound to color and vice versa. There's also things like um, people see numbers in space, people will be able to um, taste sounds, they can smell sounds, they can um, see letters on a page in different colors. Just there's so many different ways that the senses can be crossed. So that number, 4%, encapsulates all of the synesthesia. Um, okay, okay. Wow. There's many different types. It's really cool. Um, there's an artist I really like um, who does paintings based solely off of things that she hears, and those are really cool. Yes, I'm just as a as a as a designer, I'm like thinking like, <laughs> man, I wish I had synesthesia. Because <laughs> you know, just the idea of hearing, because especially when it comes to sound and the ability that you have, it's one thing for music to ha- to give you this emotional feel. But also to give you a visual feel, it's like a whole nother level. So, I mean, I, I just think that this is just amazing right now. This is cool to me. <laughs> so, what advice would you give to musicians, aspiring musicians? Um, what advice would you give? My advice would be to um, find kind of your story and to base the things that you make off of that. I know for me, the the biggest step in what I've done musically so far has definitely been what I've taken with my story and synesthesia. Kind of taking that and then putting it out there in a form that people can follow and that people can relate to and that people will ultimately like and get to connect with. Awesome. So, <clears throat> will you be able to play? Uh, yes, I will. Okay, um, awesome. Yeah, let me get my violin here. So I unplugged the headphones. There we go. Alright. So I have my violin here. And I thought I would play a little bit of the arrangement that I'm working on of one of my songs called Stars. Which is pretty cool. Go for it. Um, so the song kind of goes in parts. It'll um, 
it, it kind of cycles through these different ostinato rhythms. Um, so it'll start off with, um, I don't know, an arpeggio, and then it goes into kind of more a melodic thing. Um, but these are just kind of the themes from it, so I'll play those for you. Okay. beautiful yeah so that's what I'm working on right now and when is that next project or do you have an idea of when that will be coming out um, it's scheduled to be played at our spring concert okay. which is actually kind of more in May than it is in the spring but right okay <laughs> Sometimes so <soon>. if someone <laughs> wants to learn about Annie and all the stuff that you're doing where can they go to find you you can find me, well, first of all, you can find my TED Talk by searching Annie Dickinson TEDx Talk. Um, you'll be able to find that. You can also find my music on Spotify or Apple Music or iTunes or whatever streaming service you use. Um, you can find me with the artist name Annie Elise, or you can find me on social media with the username Annie Elise Music. Awesome. Well, Annie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I, it's extremely fascinating, and I love every bit of it. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. All right. I'll definitely keep in touch, but I'll let you go. Take care. All right. Thank you. All right. Be blessed. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. I really appreciate it. Also, I've teamed up with Cotton Bureau to do a shirt for the podcast, Passion Behind the Art t-shirt. So this is a way that you can support the podcast to keep it going. Um, I would really appreciate if you'd be able to pick up a shirt. So go to dpcreates.com to pick up a Passion Behind the Art t-shirt. Be blessed. <laughs>